The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole world should be enrolled. This was the first enrollment when Quinarius was governor of Syria. So all went to be enrolled, each to his own town. And Joseph, too, went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, that is called Bethlehem. Because he was of the house and family of David, to be enrolled with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. While they were there, the time had come for her to have her child, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. She wrapped him in swaddling clothes and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the inn. Now there were shepherds in that region living in the fields and keeping the night watch over their flock. The angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them And they were struck with great fear. The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For today, in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you who is Christ and Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find an infant wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was a multitude of heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth, Peace to those whom his favor rests. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. In the course of the season of Advent, we've encountered a number of biblical figures. The three stand out. St. John the Baptist, St. Joseph, And, of course, the Blessed Mother. Each one is called, and each one is given the grace to answer the call. In that, they are like us, although their call is unique. And they give themselves completely to that call. It's an act of total self-giving without realizing 
the total meaning of that act. They don't have perfect vision of the future. In fact, if they have any at all. They don't know what that call will mean or what it will cost them. They don't know the joy or the sorrow, the ecstasy or the agony that may come with it. But they give themselves completely to it, irrespective of that. That's what makes them different. But now what? Now we come to the giving of God. But God's giving is so different from ours. God's giving is infinite. He gives us infinitely more than we can possibly understand and infinitely more than we deserve. But love does that, and divine love does things we cannot grasp at all. But he gives himself. The Father, through the power of the Holy Spirit, gives the Son. The Son gives himself entirely to us. In an act of infinite simplicity and infinite humility, which again doesn't make sense to us that God should do such a thing. But he has done it. And when he enters the world, he doesn't enter it the way we would expect God to enter his creation. He enters it simply the way that we do, through a natural birth. He enters it in the cave, He enters it in the appearance of poverty. He enters it as an exile, and he will be exiled. He gives himself completely. We know it, we see it, but we cannot ever completely grasp it. And now we leave that moment and change times and change places. We are now on Mount Moriah. And Abraham and Isaac are coming to that mountain. How Abraham and Sarah had longed for that child. A miraculous conception and a miraculous birth. And then Abraham was told to take Isaac and to sacrifice his son. And he does. In faith and obedience, he does it. And as they're going, as they're approaching the mountain, Isaac says to Abraham... Father, where is the lamb? And Abraham responds, God will provide. And as we know, as Abraham takes the knife and is about to sacrifice his son, the angel stays his hand and a ram is caught in the bushes and sacrificed. But that question, that single question, Father, where is the lamb? was taken up by the breezes on Mount Moriah and wafted down through the centuries, year after year, century after century. The prophets, without using those words, asked the question, where is the Lamb? We speak of the one who is to come, but where is he? What does it mean? And if he comes, why? The Lamb has come. Once again, though, 
he comes in a way we would not expect. Again, in a manger, in a cave, in poverty. So that he can be overlooked, ignored, rejected. That's how he comes. The lamb then comes, and so the first appearance is quite naturally to shepherds, as we would expect it to be, wouldn't we? Naturally, to solitary, ignorant, coarse men. They're in the fields doing what they're supposed to be doing, as you and I are doing what we're supposed to be doing constantly. And there's this miraculous vision. The angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were struck with great fear. And now we hear the words that we heard, I mentioned last Sunday, throughout the Old Testament, whenever God appears. They experience the same thing, shock, fear, confusion. Do not be afraid. Those are the words to him and the words we've been hearing now for some time from the Holy Fathers. Do not be afraid. For behold, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today in the city of David, a Savior has been born for you, who is Christ and Lord. And there's a great multitude of the heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, on earth to those on whom his favor rests. And they go. They want to see it. They want to see this revelation. And when they see it, they become missionaries. They go out and tell everybody else about it because they're so excited about what they've seen. And so you and I then also uh, have seen this. We see it, of course, in symbol. We look at it, we reflect upon it, We marvel that God could do such a thing. Again, an infinite act of simplicity and humility. God comes to earth. The Lamb has come. But we know why. The Lamb has come for a reason, and has come as a Lamb for a reason. The Lamb has come to be sacrificed. And everyone who comes to see that child in some way is a symbol of that. The shepherds raise lamb for slaughter at Passover. The Magi will bring gifts. Each of one in some way will reflect his destiny, the end for which he's come, the purpose for his being here, to redeem us. So we not always, on this night, spend time gazing at the creche, the manger, at the infant. Again, the God should become an infant. The gods on Mount Olympus, when they came down, came down with power and authority. He does not. But as we gaze on that, that symbol, we then can also gaze upon the lamb, naturally, because the manger goes to the cross, goes to the resurrection, goes to Pentecost, comes here. The lamb has come. We say it. Behold the lamb of God. Behold him who takes away the sins of the world. Well, you and I then have our call too, don't we? We have the grace to do it too, and we are asked to give ourselves as well. That giving is the call of the gospel. It's the only way to freedom, it's the only way to happiness, whatever it might mean. But you and I don't know what's going to happen tomorrow either, do we? They didn't. 
St. John the Baptist, St. Joseph the Blessed Mother, what would happen in the next hour, the next day, the next year, the next 30 years? They simply accepted it and did what they had to do. They gave themselves totally, as we are asked to give ourselves. That is the great message of Christmas, the great message of the love of God. I think sometimes people would like the love of God to stop in the manger. It's so much safer. It's cute, sweet. That's not why God has come. He came to do something incredibly beautiful. His incarnation would have been enough to redeem us. That was all. He didn't have to do the rest of it. We wouldn't have believed. And he came to give all, not just some, as we are called to do. And every year at this time, I'm reminded of that great poem by Christina Rossetti, which most of us know, In the Bleak Midwinter. It's a wonderful children's hymn, really. Um, I won't go through the whole thing, but the last verse, I think, says it all to us anyway. Uh, What can I give him, poor as I am? If I were a shepherd, I would give a lamb. If I were a wise man, I would do my part. What I can I give him, give my heart. And that's all that he wants. But he wants all of it as the Lamb comes. Let us pray. Almighty Father, we come to you rejoicing in the birth of your Son and trusting in your love and mercy. For the Church throughout the world, that she will always be a visible sign of the incarnation and presence of Jesus Christ in his world, we pray to the Lord. For all nations of the world, that they may know Jesus Christ, who has come out of love for our redemption and who remains with us, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For those who are sick and suffering and dying, that in their suffering they may know the presence of the incarnate Lord, transforming their lives. For those who are greatly tempted, for those who have rejected that grace, we pray to the Lord. For greater respect for human life, and today especially for life in the womb, and laws that will protect it, we pray to the Lord. Lord, For an increase in vocations to priesthood and the consecrated life, those young men and women who, having received the Lord in a unique way, will bring that incarnation to their world. For greater reverence for the prophetic nature of marriage and the single life, we pray to the Lord. For our bishop, priests, deacons, and seminarians, and for the American hierarchy, having spent time in the presence of the word made flesh, they may then be visible signs of that presence and act in that presence. We pray to the Lord. Lord, For the souls of all the faithful departed, especially our relatives, friends, and benefactors, all who have died in the battlefield, all victims of violence, terrorism, and natural disaster. Eternal rest grant unto them, O Lord. May they rest in peace. May their souls and the souls of all the faithful departed. For all those traveling at this time of year, especially our own parishioners and our families, that they will travel safely, we pray to the Lord. For all of us here, having spent time in the presence of the Incarnation, having realized the Word made flesh in our own lives, 
he may then proclaim that message to the world. We pray to the Lord. Lord, hear our prayer. We now join our prayers to the mother of the word made flesh who leads us to her son as we sing. Thank you. 